0: So, welcome back to the Procedures Podcast. Today, we have with us Paul Baker, who is a plastic surgeon and has not done one but two Burns Fellowships and comes to us from the Alfred Hospital, but originally from Bonnie, Scotland. So, welcome today, Paul. Well, thank you. And we're going to talk about the procedure of escharotomy. And this is obviously something that uh, you've done a lot of. And from our point of view, um, we want to get your expertise and work out when we should be doing this procedure, when it's indicated, and some of the finer details that you'd suggest that the uh, non-surgeon should take out of this. Now, coming fresh from our first course, you ran through this procedure with some of our colleagues. Just going
1: back to the start, so the eschirotomy, when's this indicated Do you know there's particular patterns of injury that concern you? And so taking the limbs, for example, a circumferential or near-circumferential distribution and also a depth which looks deep dermal or full thickness. So the deep dermal burn is going to look mottled and it won't have a refill, it won't be sensate. And the full thickness burn will be waxy or white or charred looking. It'll feel very firm. And so that depth and a distribution which is, again, circumferential or near-circumferential on a limb, that would concern me. With regards to the trunk, then circumferential around the chest, which will impair ventilation. And in children, for example, it doesn't have to be circumferential around the chest because the more diaphragmatic breathers are. and so anterior chest, anterior abdomen would be, if that was a confluent deep burn, then you would have to uh, perform an automate in order to separate the movement of the chest and, and the abdomen.
0: Thinking about the limbs, I do find it hard sometimes to work out whether something is, is actually circumferential or not. Um, obviously, you have different depths of burn at different um, portions of the limb. Yeah. When you say near circumferential, um, w- what's, what's your practice? So if you've got a, a limb and some of it looks partial thickness, but most of it looks thick, full thickness,
1: yeah. what's your cut point for doing this procedure? Well, you know, and that's the difficulty because you'll be seeing the patients early on. The injury will very much be evolving in front of you and the swelling will be continuing in that early phase. And so for me, the palpable softness of the limb is a key determinant. And so if it feels firm and if it feels relatively tight, if there's another limb, an injured limb to compare it to, then that's good. But you may have a patient in which all four limbs are burned. But the palpable softness of the limb is a key determinant for me. There are other things that you can do. You can look at the re- capillary refill in the pulp or the, the nail bed of the fingers, for example, or try and use a pulse oximeter. But your patient is likely to be cold. The patient will be hypovolemic, and so these signs will not be as reliable for you. So, using those adjuncts, are they worth they're trying useful. Use yeah, if you've They're useful. Yeah, they're certainly them? useful if you've got them. But I think I base it primarily on the palpable softness of the limb, together with an assessment of the depth I've made of the injury and the uh, distribution. The objective things are helpful, such as pulse oximetry, if you have that type of thing, but I think it's a clinical decision.
0: What about Doppler? I mean, a lot of us have ultrasound at the bedside these days. Is that of any use?
1: Yeah, it's useful to assess the, the presence of the pulses or not, so that may help you edge towards performing a procedure if you're worried about it being indicated. But again, I, I don't think I've done many where i are based on the presence or absence of the Doppler. It's usually fairly obvious, but the time you're struggling to feel a pulse, then it's generally quite late in the day and it's a severe injury and so you're pretty much sure that you're going to have to perform this procedure.
0: And so to state the obvious for the lower limbs or the upper limbs we're Mm -hmm. trying to save perfusion to that limb and for the chest and the abdomen
1: we're trying to allow or improve um, respiratory status. That's right the burn has rendered that skin inelastic now so it can't accommodate the swelling that's happening deep to the skin and so that Building pressure is is overcoming the perfusion pressure in the limb or the the compliance of the chest, and so it's restricting ventilation.
0: So, the procedure itself, how would you run through that procedure to the non surgeon? So, for the limb to start with?
1: Well, after we speak on the phone, we're always happy to talk you through this, but my my approach would be to I always mark with a marking pen where I plan to place my incisions. So, uh, I'll mark on the limbs, for example, these mid axial lines. The upper limb, you'll need someone to help you to supinate the hand because the the upper limb will want to pronate. When it's burned and swollen, it'll rotate inwards. So you get someone to rotate the limb back out into a supinated position, which is the anatomical position, and that will help you mark more accurately the mid-axial lines. And some key... Areas which are often highlighted are around the medial aspect of the elbow, the medial epicondyle, uh, where the ulnar nerve is running behind the medial epicondyle. You want to come in front of that in order to avoid injury, inadvertent injury to the ulnar nerve there. On the lower limb, the often cited example is a common perineal nerve, which runs across the neck of the fibula. And so again, I would come in front of that in order to avoid any inadvertent injury there.
0: So, doing those procedures, obviously, we're doing both sides of the limb. Yes, that, uh, what that's suggest? Right. Yes, and and when we're actually cutting, the cutting depth is obviously important. How do you know when you're at the right depth? Again, as a non-surgeon, I think we've done, we've not really got those same skills of of being aware of of the depth that we're cutting to. Do we cut too fat,
1: or do we cut deeper than that? Well, having used the pen, there's no shame in that, and mark out where you're going to place your incisions depending on what instruments you have available to you. it's Most often it's just a scalpel. If you have diathermy and you're familiar with that, then that's good. The depth that you want is to work your way through the skin to expose the fat. The fat will present itself as a yellow blob, you know, right into the base of the wound, and it'll be quite obvious. And actually it's a very satisfying procedure. The skin will literally spring apart. The tension will obviously be released as you make this incision. And just making that incision through the skin all the way down the marked lines from unburned skin through the burned tissue, ultimately into unburned skin if you can. I would then run my finger down through the wound bed. Because some parts of the wound you'll notice may not have spring apart sufficiently and there may be a little fibrous band within the wound that's still holding those skin edges together. And so run your finger, do a finger sweep down the wound, feel for any little fibrous bands and again just just divide that.
0: Yeah, I found that really helpful on the day when we actually did this procedure, obviously not on burnt skin, but, but certainly that, uh, that cut. I think as well as a non-surgeon, the tip that, that you'd had is is also just how to hold the scalpel, which I think
1: we need to be a bit more conscious of. Do you know, you'll have more control if you use the belly of the blade. You'll see that there's a long curve in the belly of the blade and there's a sharp point, and it's just more control to use the belly of the blade and just sweep and just gently press down and that way you're going to come onto the fat in a more controlled fashion. So in summary,
0: blade flat to the skin, use the belly, um, cut down until you see the fat spring out and then sweep your finger down the, the wound and ensure that you've actually released all those fibrous bands.
1: And you have to have perform that from unburned skin through the burn wound to unburned skin. Now, if you're going distally down the limb, there may not be any unburned skin distally. And so you would start from any unburned skin up at the shoulder or neck. Or, you know, in a, in a massive burn injury, there may all be confluent burn up around the face, neck, shoulders, arms. And so we can see from the diagrams where the preferred incisions are around the, the neck and shoulders. But ultimately from unburned skin through the burn, down distally down the limb and to the digits. And when we're talking about the
0: digits, is there a specific way that everyone does that or is it vary depending on surgeons in terms of how the digits are managed?
1: There's a fairly common practice. There's a consensus in that the... So if we, if we take the upper limb, for example, and if we're, if we're talking about the medial uh, incision or eschirotomy that was taken from the axilla down in front of the elbow to avoid that arm nerve, straight down to the wrist, you can go continue on the lateral aspect of the hand to the proximal phalanx of the little finger. So that's fairly standard. On the outside of the upper limb, coming down on the mid axial line laterally, across the elbow, down, cross the wrist and on to the proximal phalanx of the thumb. That's fairly standard. The is for the digits. The digits really only need one escharotomy, and that's different from the limbs. Uh, and the trunk where we need two ischirotomies, the neck for example we also need two ischirotomies there but in the digits there's less, well there's no muscle and so we just do one incision on the fingers and thumb and so the um, radial aspect of the thumb which is continuous with that ischirotomy on the outer part of the forearm, for the index finger I would make my incision on its its ulnar border in the mid-axial line and then on the other digits I would make my incisions on the radial border. And that's because the key borders for sensation in the hand are the ulnar border of the little finger and the radial border of the index. And so, if there's any question over the um, depth of the escharotomy or necessity for the escharotomy, this avoids the key borders of the hand. With hands and feet, should the non-specialist be doing that?
0: And I know that I think it's important to bring out that point that you made before—that really, this is a procedure that we want to involve the burns, team locally early and, uh, and obviously discuss with them what we're doing. I've heard some people say that for hands particularly it should only be done by uh, a burn surgeon. What are your thoughts on that?
1: I think it depends on the ultimately I suppose the transfer time of the patient. If you've got a long transfer time then I think I would prefer to talk you through doing the digit escharotomies In an obvious deep burn in the hand that's going to adopt like a baseball mitt tight posture, the fingers are, sp- are spread quite wide apart, the knuckle joints are hyperextended, a bit of, a bit of flexion on the other small joints in the hand, and it, the hand feels tight, and we know, for example, if there's been flame or accelerant right onto skin, it's going to be a deep burn injury, and so I would rather talk you through doing the digit escherotomies if there's a long transfer time. From the time of injury, I would want an escherotomy performed within an absolute maximum of four hours, so a four-hour ischemic time. You may not have that luxury if you're if you're about to embark upon an air transfer or, you know, f- considering the trunk ischrotomies, for example, you're going to need to ventilate the patient adequately.
0: So going back to that for the trunk and the abdomen potentially, where would those incisions
1: lie for you? So the standard approach would be the anterior axillary lines. So you take the anterior axillary acceler- line on each side uh, and just run that down from just below the clavicles down to the lowest part of the burn injury. Uh, whatever that may be, on the abdomen or down at the waist, you are likely to have to join those two longitudinal incisions with upward curving incision just under the costal margin and again under the clavicles for a really extensive burn injury. And again, that's to separate that movement of the chest and the abdomen and and so facilitate ventilation.
0: So those two incisions um, are not always indicated is that correct or, That's or would right. you? They're not
1: always depending upon the extent of the injury and they're never the same depth all the way through burn injuries so you may have a massive uh, really deep burn injury here and so it would be indicated to to also go transverse underneath the clavicles and underneath the costal margin. But you may find that the chest are really deep parts, conferential, and the abdomen's maybe partially injured, maybe partial thickness and so I wouldn't in that case.
0: Thinking about special areas like genitalia,
1: is there any benefit in, in these sort of procedures around those areas? There's always anatomical structures to avoid when you perform an escarotomy so we spoke about some of the nerves but on the penis anyway there's a dorsal vein so you don't place the incision dorsally you just go midaxial again single incision midaxial and that would suffice.
0: So in theatre this is something that you
1: would choose to use a, um, a cutting diathermy? Yep for? for me it's a cutting diathermy I set it on 30-30 if I'm in ED or an ICU performing this procedure I bring the diathermy machine to the patient i The best situation is in theatre, but yep, I prep and drape the patient in a sterile fashion, get the procedure as sterile as I can. I mark the patient in the anatomical position to ensure that I'm in the mid-axial lines and avoid known nerves. And I then use a diathermy machine to uh, just split the skin, exposing the fat. And again, it really will spring open for you. It's a satisfying procedure to do, and it'll be obvious that the skin's considerably tight. If you don't have a diathermy machine, then you'll need some... Clips or ties to tie off any small veins or anything that you expose or divide as part of the procedure. You can also use a little bit of local anesthetic with adrenaline if you have it for the unburned skin because, of course, you're starting an unburned skin to and then going through the burned skin, which is so the burned skin is not as likely to bleed for you. And other post-procedure care things, would you dress the wound? So the, the preferred dressings would be like a calcium alginate dressing. So examples of that would be caltostat or Aquacel and pack that into your eskerotomy incisions. And then you just want a very loose, light dressing. So maybe some bactegra and some gauze and a very a loose crepe.
0: With regard to, to this procedure, obviously, we're going to be um, talking to the burn service throughout the process, as we said, and, and sending this patient onto the burn service. If you've got some time lag, do you tend to start early antibiotics? Do you tend to start things like ADT if you're in a peripheral hospital?
1: Is that a a useful thing to be doing at that point? Definitely ADT. We like to see the patients get the ADT early. Not so much the antibiotics. So we prefer to get microbiology results before we start our antibiotics. And so we wouldn't want you starting antibiotics just ADT.
0: Good, so no prophylactic antibiotics, um, something that you guys obviously take seriously with regard to downstream risk of um, multi-resistant organisms. Excellent, so we've talked a lot about this procedure and brought out some excellent pearls there, Paul. Is there any other tips and tricks that haven't come out that um, you'd like people to be aware of? You know,
1: I wouldn't want you to worry about performing this procedure. It's no reconstructive crisis to have a straight line incision on a limb or indeed the trunk. And so that all—it's simple to manage. And so it's better that you you talk to us and we all err on the side of caution and protect the perfusion to that limb or, you know, indeed the the ventilation um, early on. And so it's no great drama. It's not a reconstructive crisis for us and we can sort that out. So we'd rather we talk about it and and we perform it prophylactically. For me, the, the ultimate indication comes from the palpable softness of the limb or indeed the ventilation pressures maybe going up for the patient. And I always find that the finger sweep within the wound is very useful for me to check the adequacy of my escarotomy.
0: Excellent. So we'll speak to our friendly burn surgeon next time we, uh, we need you along. Thanks very much for your Thank time, you. Paul.